So looking at Crunchyroll, just Crunchyroll in itself, so many um, shows that are coming out now are sounding more and more like new Fallout Boy titles, like mm-hmm. like like not modern <laughs> Fallout Boy, like Believers Never Die Fallout Boy, um, like So I'm a Spider, so what, <laughs> you know, so what, like it, it's it's becoming more and more alternative in its methods of naming shows, and so it's getting to the point where I'm like, I have no idea what show has substance and which one does not anymore until I watch at least three episodes, then I. I can decide. Um. Hello, everybody. I'm Hal. I'm Hal. No, I'm not. I'm Max. No, you're not. Do it it again. Do it again. (laughs) Fuck. Take two. Take two. Hello, everybody. I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And this is Bro Takus, the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't have to get a major in anime studies to enjoy this wild, beautiful, and strange art form. And we're lucky to have you on this journey with us. So, everyone who reached out to us for the past week, Pax, do we have any? Can you check our list real quick? Uh, bu- 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 I mean, I can't remember. I had people reaching out about the episodes and actually, um, on that topic, I do have something, um, that we need to, uh, we need to, to, to share after this, but can we plug our socials first? Yeah, absolutely. So let me pull up my pine cast. How about page. this? Look at the show notes. Look at the show notes. I put it in the show notes. If you, you want to look at the show notes, it's in the show notes. If Where you want to hit us at paxlillin at gmail.com, if you want to hit us at Brotaku's podcast at Twitter, or just hit me on Twitter, or go to our page on Facebook, you can find us. Let us oh. know because we are very eager to be sharing things and, and obeying your will insofar as uh, you wish us to review things, right? Absolutely. Sick. So, um, on that topic, I actually think um, we need to do a little bit of atonement, Hal. Why is that? So, as we know, we are two guys who love anime and encourage you to, even if you don't have a major in anime studies, to nonetheless ingest anime. To have the anime put inside of you however you would like. Yes. And yet... We ourselves seem to not have a degree in anime because there are a few uh, a few lies and things that I must apologize for in the past. Some some corrections, indeed. So so everybody, welcome to the first the first annual and by annual <laughs> probably mean more than that. Brotaku's Corrections Conference. So everyone, step inside the correctional facility. I have some mea culpas to list. Some things right, we got wrong it. in the last episode or so. You ready, Hal? I'm ready. I've got a whip. We're going to start doing a lash for every correction. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So um, first off, I need to apologize to everybody. All Might is not, in fact, from America. He is actually from Japan. He just spent a ton of time in America. He is a reverse weeb, like Rawhide Kobayashi. That's the opposite even of a weeb. better, though. That's <laughs> even better. Oh, it does make it God. even way funnier that it's the Japanese reverse weave going Minnesota smash. Um, it, it is it is fantastic, but 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 we need to own up. We need to own up. Wasn't accurate. Wasn't accurate. So um, go. I am very sorry. Uh, Good. Ah, damn. Uh, next one. Um, I need to apologize. Uh, Kiyoka does not. Um, and I quote, have a real pair of danglers on her. I do not think that was a fair way to describe those earbuds. And so for that, I would like to apologize to Kiyoka and her whole family. I am very sorry. <laughs> um, next up, this one was very egregious. Uh, Lamillion does not, in fact, have an ankle spanker. And this was clear from his multiple nude appearances, so we really have no excuse for this one. I really don't know how this one slipped by the editors here. How? Um, I don't even remember you saying that. Me neither. It's almost like some of these I don't remember me actually saying, but I'm apologizing for anyway now. Um, uh, next up, uh, so I am very sorry. Next up, um, the Brooklyn Ball Breaker is not an actual move used by All Might, <laughs> and I would like to apologize for the misunderstanding. Uh, Mr. All Might, I'm sorry that we've slandered your, uh, your good name for that. I apologize. Um, <laughs> next up, we mixed up Senin and Shoujo a few episodes ago. Oh, that <laughs> is bad. Whoops. Next. <laughs> Mineta should not. 
And I apologize for this one because he is a minor, quote, be locked up somewhere. He should not, I mean, is a minor, I apologize for saying he should, quote, be locked up somewhere. Uh, he should, and I should have gotten this right the first time, have been executed immediately at the second of his birth into the wood chipper. That should have been yeah. what I said about Homie should have been so, mulched, sorry. Should have been mulched. So so my sincerest apologies there. Um, I, I am very sorry. Uh, last one. Uh, for those upset at me saying that Froppy is the best girl, I do understand that frogs are hermaphroditic in nature, and I apologize for the biological ignorance, but clearly she uses she, her pronouns, so this is your L, not mine. I do not apologize. Get right. I am not sorry. I apologize for nothing. Brotakus forever. And uh, with that, I would like to include the first annual Brotakus Cor- Correctionals Facility Apology Conference of 2021. Uh, we, we, we have issued our mea culpas, and that'll be the last time we apologize for anything ever on the show again. Unless you flood my messages, or as some friends have done, given me a call to complain about the fact that I still don't think All for One 1 million percent was lit as fuck. I think it sucked. I hate it, and I hate you. Oh, God. That so being said... Everyone, thank you so much for your messages. We love to hear from you. And welcome, everybody, to episode 23 of Brotaku's Anime Club. So, Pax, today we're going to be talking about a show that you and I, we sort of watched on a whim. We were looking through a list of anime to watch, and we were kind of like, what do we want to do next? We have our list of things that we've been wanting to do for a while, but we kind of wanted to make this one a little more spontaneous. It's just kind of how the week led us. And... When we saw the title for this series, we thought, what did we think? Yeah, so um, the title of this series is Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And I thought that this was going to be some type of... Um, I feel like there, there there are recent titles like this, like "Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon?" <laughs> where the title, right, where the title tells you more about just the fact that they they want some attention, they want some eyes on this, than it does the show itself. But um, looking at this, I was not uh, looking forward to it. I guess like I, I was interested, I was interested, but with a title like that, I was very much feeling like, eh, is this going to be some like just whack pervy bullshit for well, hours? Well, that, like that's the thing. Like the more so. Looking at Crunchyroll, just Crunchyroll in itself, so many um, shows that are coming out now are sounding more and more like new Fall Out Boy titles, like mm. like like not modern <laughs> Fall Out Boy, like Believers Never Die Fall Out Boy, um, like So I'm a Spider, so what, <laughs> you know, so what, like it, it's it's becoming more and more alternative in its methods of naming shows, and so it's getting to the point where I'm like, I have no idea what show has substance and which one does not anymore until I watch at least three episodes, then I. I can decide um but that being said rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai was surprisingly good yeah man like i feel kind of fucked up about it it's yeah. one of those things where like me just saying that i liked it makes me look at myself in the mirror a little differently i'm kind of like oh, really dude like yeah. seriously but but i think that the, the title is like very misdirecting in terms of like what the actual content of this is about you know well that's the thing because i mean we'll talk more about that as the episode continues but so much of the show isn't about like necessarily the concept of bunny girls and it is not about the concept of you know uh erotic dreams about bunny girls exactly it, yeah. it, it's not about that like at all um there's not even multiple bunny girls yeah there <laughs> there's is, one there's bunny girl one, well one bunny girl senpai um, yeah and 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 at the beginning of the show um the the main character sakata um i thought it was going to be like all bunny girls all the time like bunny girls and his dreams and nightmares yeah but, you know like, that's on me that the title clearly says he does not dream of bunny girl senpai that's so again true, that's true, that's true. i'm sorry one more addition to the brotaku's maya culpa pile <laughs> um, <laughs> did you read the title title um, um but he's having a conversation with like his friend on the train and his friend asks him sakuta how do you feel about bunny girls do you like them and sakuta goes nah i fucking love them <laughs> i love them <laughs> and, and that made me think oh are bunny girls gonna be like an actual like thing in the show but the answer is kind of no you know well and the uh, the other confusing part is that there are so many editions of like anthropomorphic cat 
girls and like mm. bunny girls and i thought like oh, okay this is gonna be like this is gonna be a legit bunny girl that maybe he sees in his head all the time and like no one else can see her and that kind of thing i was like oh this is gonna be very much like um her, yeah like a like movie, a sex her. addicted steve Irwin type character. yeah 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 um and so and especially and it was only reaffirmed by when he was just like hey sakuda do you like bunny girls and he was like no I love them. I and, love them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, that's what this is going to be. Um, and it just wasn't. But, I, Pax, I wanted to ask you a question. One question that was sort of going through my mind over and over and over again yeah. as I watched the show. What do you think it means to be invisible mm. in today's world, in an age where we have constant access to each other? What does that mean to be invisible? Yeah, so I actually think that like that's such a great question, man. And I know it's a, a a core part of the show. I think to me, this might be counterintuitive. I think it's more easy now <clears throat> to be invisible than it ever has been. Right. And I think it's why that's counterintuitive is because you say, okay, well, let's look at the the nature of social media. Let's look at all the ways that you could be seen, you could be validated, that you could be out there. But I think that something that was really resonant in the show is that the true sense of loneliness, like the real sense of invisibility, it doesn't come when you choose to be invisible, when you choose to be in a cabin out in the woods and, and to isolate yourself like a hermit, Ron Swanson style. I think it comes when that feeling of it comes when you're trying to be heard, but nobody is hearing you, when you're putting things out there and nobody is biting. And I think that that's like a really, really familiar feeling. You know what I mean? Of course. And what do you that's, think? What do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I think as the episode continues. Um, but that is sort of a question that I just wanted everyone to think about as they're listening to today's episode. Yeah. What does that mean to be invisible? And how do we, how do we become tangible again as mm -hmm. we proceed um, in this age of loneliness and in this COVID wonderland? How do we proceed to be seen again? Um, so that being said... This week, we're talking about the new anime, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai by Hajime Kamoshida. <laughs> Sick face. Welcome, everyone, back to our episode of Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. So, it just sounds bad when you say it, dude. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's like, it's Didn't just every like time I hear it. an acronym? What, what would that yeah. be? Uh, R-D-N-D-B-G-S. Welcome back. Yeah, that's right. I'm a big Urgendeburner fan. Oh, yeah. So, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai is known in Japan under the general name of... Please, if you're going to hate me for mispronouncing this, please do it in a really, really funny way so I can, you know, repeat it later on next episode. Uh, right. Give us more content. <laughs> right, please, give me more ammunition. Uh, the general name, Saishun Butayero, um, and short name, Albuta. And it is a Japanese light novel series written by Hajime Kamoshida and illustrated by Kiji Mizoguchi. So... Uh, ASCII Medium Works, again, send me hate mail, uh, have published 11 volumes since April 2014 under their Dengeki Bunko imprint. Um, there was a manga adaptation with art by Sugimi Nanamiya, and it's been serialized as Senin Maga, comics, blah, 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 a lot of stuff. And the anime television series by Cloverworks, which is what we watched, premiered from October 4th to December 27th, 2018. So it's really funny that this was made in 2018 and we are just seeing it now in 2021. I'm not really sure. I, I'd never even heard of this prior to four days ago. Mm, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that odd? Is it because just, it just became recently available for streaming? Um, Rascal? Yeah. No, it's just because you're not part of the circles where it's like you get the the, the deep spoken like <laughs> like I've seen I've seen I'm this looted I've seen this spread around the deck. Uh, yeah, you know. okay. But but it is one of those things where you're totally right. It it fucking the name turns off people who are not it's, interested. It's odd. It's yeah. odd, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of 
What we at Brotaku's Anime Club, what we're trying to do is introduce people who are turned off by names like Rascal Does Not Dream About Bunny Girl Senpai and So I'm a Spider, So What? We're trying, we're trying to, to turn make you them on, baby. <laughs> Brotaku's forever. Um, and can, can, I, can I briefly like out, out like, um, because we just talked about like doing this like three, four days ago, right? Like Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and you, you watched like, you watched a good amount of episodes and I watched the entire fucking series, right? Yes. <laughs> and that's because one, it's a short series. It's only 13 episodes long, but two, uh, Hal texted me and is like, I just don't understand. How did you watch so many episodes? And I'm like, I don't have a girlfriend. I am fucking single. I, <laughs> I've been alone since COVID. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so with, uh, with having no big titty goth GF or BF or, or big deep goth I want to see a big titty goth BF. <laughs> yes, if you, don't, if you don't have a big titty goth BF or GF, um, then you too can watch all the May you want. Oh my god. Um, so I'm sorry. You were giving us some history, bro. No, 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 please. So there was also an anime film adaptation titled Rascal Does Not Dream of a Dreaming Girl, which completely screwed me up when I was trying to do my research on the damn show because I'm going, uh, uh, like looking back at the show, trying to spell the title exactly right. Rascal Does Not Dream About Bunny Girl Senpai. And then, boom, Google says, oh, doesn't dream of a dreaming girl. And I'm like, wait a second. Does it have an entirely different name in a different place? I right, don't know which right. one is it. No, it's just the film adaptation, kind of like My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, with Nine being the antagonist, and we hate him. Um, so I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, all for one. If I only had nine, then I am known by nine, like because I could do the cooler thing, but less. <laughs> so, oh my god, I hate him. I hate, I hate nine. Him, hate him, hate him, I hate him. nine. So, so. Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai was originally a light novel series. And, Pax, um, you're a lot more familiar with the concept of light novels than I am. Could you give us a little just history about what is it? What is a light novel? Um, how does it look today? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as we look over the, the world of anime, we see that the grand ocean of anime flows from three tributaries. And those three tributaries are manga light novels and visual novels uh, uh visual novels are like games that you play um if anyone has ever played dream daddy <laughs> that's an example of it but there uh, visual novels are a game where it is a full-ass novel that's very long that is paired with like images of the characters speaking with each other um it's it's heritage is felt in like modern uh games like uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, or some like uh, big ARGs that are mostly like reading. Um, light novels, on the other hand, are kind of um, they're different. So you you can most think of them as like young adult novels, except because they're not specifically for children, they generally avoid that terminology. It does have more simplified language compared to a large novel, and it has to be generally f around fifty thousand words is the average. Um, sometimes a little less. And these are things that evolved from like uh, pulp novels in the age of like pulp novels where, uh, you know, you'd have like a new Western thing, a new little spy thriller, like a new thing where Dick Gumshoe and, you know, Lady Trixie is needs to solve the crime and lick the lick the bad guys on the street. Um, uh, printed on cheap paper, circulated really widely. Those are kind of like Western pulp novels. It evolves into this light novel format in Japan where it's again like uh, very cheap, excessive um short reads that are easily digestible because the language is simplified without it being like language for children and the titles that have come from light novels are insanely diverse and it's this really cool you know kind of fantastic list um things that have come from light novels include uh uh, Bakuno, Sword Art Online, Fate Zero, Durara, uh, Full Metal Panic, Spice and Wolf, um, uh, Black Bullet, No Game, No Life, The Devil's My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance. It, it is a, it, it's a band that started as a light novel. <laughs> God, you're totally right. Um, Overlord, uh, Date Alive, um, and flipping, flippity dipping uh, this one. <laughs> Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And, um, 
light novels are often adapted into anime these days and it's becoming more popular for them to receive adaptations and it makes me happy that young kids are reading or you know that, that young adults and that people who enjoy light novels are reading um uh, light novels are also often accompanied with some kind of like sparse illustrations to like plant the idea in your mind of uh what it is but um i honestly wish we had some more of these here in the west because i think that especially um with with book reading going down as people's like attention spans are kind of like narrowing and demanding like shorter high impact experiences, I feel like this is a space that is like wide open here in the West. And I would love to see the light novel format like getting popular here with authors. Absolutely. And and I can only speak for my own attention span and I could crave a little like in between of like I don't need all that information streamed directly into my mind. I don't need yeah. like that that shot straight into my arm of just like ecstasy information anime manga i need all of it right now i don't exactly, i don't really yeah. need that because i i can't really handle that um and i would love to get more into the light novel genre i want to get in that room where they decide like hey how do we uh title these light novels um because i really think i could be a great contributor to coming up with the names of these uh these light novels okay, like your first light novel what's its name <laughs> my light novel uh let me think uh it's about uh it's about um a young girl who's actually, you know, every night she turns into a burrito and she's trying to woo the senpai of her school and it's called um, Wrapped Up in Burrito... I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You know, you can't, you can't put me on the spot like that. I'm going to say like... Uh, I'm in love with Burrito Senpai. I think I'm going to do that. So we here at uh, Brotaku's Anime Club, Brotaku's Anime Club, we're anime. actually going to shut down the anime. We're actually going to shut down the podcast and we're going to start this light novel. Thank you all for your support. Thank um, you. This, but we're done and we're going to start something new. So thank you all so much. This was just a, a short journey to a greater destination. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate your support thus far. Um, you're dead to us. Yeah. You're, you're all dead to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so one word that we keep using packs one word that uh i've heard for a while now but i never really had the technical definition of of senpai i really want to hear the word um what does that mean what does senpai mean and i'll tell you what it means in informal use senpai also styled as senpai can refer to anyone whose attention you want to get that could be someone you admire and want to be friends with or someone you are interested in romantically so senpai made its first appearance in urban dictionary back in 2004 when a user defined it as an upperclassman other entries, a number of which mention anime and manga, have since been added. It's defined there variously as someone older than you, someone you look up to, mentor, senior, an older person whom you adore, yeah, and many accurate. more. But, but the top definition, as chosen by users, is someone who will never notice you. <laughs> Are you going to unpack that power dynamic for us, bro? <sighs> so... One phrase, the first time I ever heard the word senpai, and I think most likely most of you as well, um, the first time I heard that used is, notice me, senpai, notice me, senpai. And what that usually means is, you know, it's in the context of this show, it is this young man who is who knows, sees this upperclassman, and uh, he just wants her to see him. He's hopelessly in love with her, and he just wants to be noticed. But she never will, because he's beneath her, and that's what it is to have a senpai. It is to hopelessly... It's... Oh, what is the term? Oh, uh, you are a... Not an incel. You're not a cuck. You are... A, a skater boy. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, see you later, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Pax, you help me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're already dead. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I'll remember it later, and I'll, I'll, I'll remember it probably when we're talking about something serious. So... Uh, that is for all of you who uh, don't know what senpai is. Now you know, and I'm sure you have a senpai as well as most of us do. Um, so, quick, Pax, can you tell me what was your experience watching the first episode of Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So immediately, it's like this show um, took every opportunity to defy my expectations and and to set me up to to think one thing about the show, but to be kind of redirected. So um, 
the show is essentially about um, young Sakuta, who is like the protagonist of what we would traditionally call a, a harem anime. The show is ostensibly about young Sakuta, who is the protagonist of this harem anime. Um, What's a harem anime? A harem anime is a traditional anime format where there's like one male main protagonist and a whole panoply of like cute girls for people to debate like who is best girl over. Um, it's a really popular format. Uh, there are reversals of it like the Oran High School Host Academy where it's like one girl, many boy. Um, but it, Twilight. It, it's a very- Twilight could be considered a... <laughs> Twilight's a harem anime. Yes, you're right. Jesus. So let's have Mike on to talk about Twilight next. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> Never going to talk about anime. Um, uh, but so um, Sakuta, one day at school, he sees that there is a girl dressed up in a full bunny girl outfit. So um, b- bunny girl, um, in this sense, kind of means someone dressed up like a playboy bunny, which has become its, all ki- its, its whole kind of like separate archetype in the kind of like unique uh miasma of i don't want to say weird sexuality no sexuality is weird but like there's no doubt that japanese sexuality oh. has evolved uniquely oh but hang on hang on pax okay, if i okay. can interrupt you so last night i'm scrolling on the internet i'm doing all my research on bunny girl senpai and it occurred to me i was like okay in the first episode just for context you only see her in the bunny girl outfit once exactly one time yeah and that's the name of the show. And so I was thinking, oh, she's probably going to be wearing that more often than not. Nope, she's not. She only wears it one time. And I was thinking, okay, what is the significance of a Playboy bunny outfit? And I was like, oh, well, I guess I need to know the history of Playboy bunnies. And so I'm sitting next to my girlfriend in bed researching Playboy bunnies. And um, <laughs> I now have a full history of what it is uh, behind the Playboy costume, which I will hit you all up with later. But I just wanted to share that... I had to research for like a half hour Sick. what it was to be a Playboy bunny. And um, I think my girlfriend's really happy with me about it. So continue. I'm I sorry. think she is. I think she's probably overjoyed. So um, uh, in this sense, though, you realize that they were just talking about bunny girls before to be kind of like perverted. Like, hey, do you like hot girls in bunny costumes? It's not that like gr- bunny girls is like an anthropomorphic thing or a thing in this universe. And do you find out that she's wearing this bunny girl outfit, um, not for any type of perverted reason, but simply because this show is actually like a metaphysical pseudo detective show mm-hmm. in which young adolescents are being hit with something called adolescence syndrome. And it is just the kind of like catch all for a whole range of effects where essentially like curses are being placed on these people not by anybody but simply curses that are like manifestations of their own like trauma living as teenagers or insecurities experiences and they're manifesting in really unfortunate ways um the main character himself was hit with adolescent syndrome i uh, had like a full scar across his chest I, th- I think it's related to guilt i'm not exactly sure like what it was but um it's because the main character sakata you find out that his whole situation, his living situation that allows him to have, you know, girls over all the time and, you know, to just like hang out at his house whenever is it's tragic. His parents are gone because his sister was inflicted by adolescent syndrome. His sister in middle school who was cyber bullied and hit with all of these lines of just like, um, uh, you're, you're fat, you're ugly, die, we hate you. Just one of those things where like kids need no reason to tear you apart and destroy you. And her adolescent syndrome manifested as like open wounds across her broken bones. She wound up in like like a full body cast, like right, Hal? Like she was like covered up, right? Yeah, the first time you see it, she comes home, she looks upset. And um, it's Sakuta remembering this incident. He is, um, he looks at her, he's like, hey, what's up? You look upset and suddenly a cut across her face, cut across her arms, cut across her leg. And you're like, whoa, uh, you, you see the physical manifestation of her emotional trauma just taking form in front of you yeah and so this this show is not very bloody that that's kind of like the one exception is what happened to his sister um but the 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 show kind of goes and and like the sister then you know just like a dissociative state takes on a whole like different personality but generally lives like a pretty happy life with her brother however this whole thing sent their mother into a spiral she went into like a a mental hospital her father is living with her so the the show is Sakura and his little sister um meeting with people and the essential whole arc of the show is he meets somebody who is um, inflicted with adolescence syndrome manifesting in a new way uh, tries to talk with them as they go on their journey of trying to solve their problem and resolve the syndrome or curse that's being placed on them and then 
eventually gets resolved. And like, it's such a brilliant setup. And so the, the core thing here is that Bunny Girl Senpai is wearing this outfit because she is a former like child actor. She's someone where she used to work as an actor for a living. And the whole idea of actors and invisibility and needing to be seen is something we could talk about more later, brother. You know, I know it's mm-hmm. relatable for us, but, um, her thing is manifested as one by one people are forgetting about her existence, not being able to even see that she exists. So she's wearing this outlandish outfit because she's trying more and more anything she can do to get anybody to notice her. Senpai, senpai is saying notice me in this situation. Um, and so Sakura, for some reason, maybe because he's still inflicted with his own adolescent syndrome, can see her. And falls in love with Bunny Girl Senpai. Not like immediately. There's like a, you know, built budding flirtationship. But the, the whole show is getting to see, I think, their relationship progress. Can he solve her adolescent syndrome? And what happens with these other people? Is that like a fair summation? Absolutely. It's this idea of what, what does it mean to have our internal struggles take place on the outside? And how does it affect the world around us? How does our perception of what's happening inside us affect the world? Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting that <laughs> what it, what it is is it's a perfect summation of like teen angst actually having an effect on on real life because yeah. you know you're told when you're young you're just like oh you know you're just angsty you're just a young kid like these problems are temporary they will go away um, and, and as a result of the fact they are temporary they they don't have substance not really yeah um, that's what you're told and. In this context, it really does. It really does matter. And not only does it affect you, it affects the entire world in a dramatic way. Um, And that was something that it's kind of odd because it's it's a very romantic show in in a in sort of like a melancholic way. Mm. It's it's romantic, it's sweet, it's very, very low stakes. Um but not to these people. To to these kids, this this literally changes reality around them. That's a great point. That's a great point of man. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's exactly right. When you're that young, all of these little things they do feel like curses. It does feel that heavy. Man, I missed out on the core the core metaphor here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it's like so the the relationship between Sakura and Mai. Um, Mai is Bunny Girl. Mai is Bunny Girl Senpai. Um, Neither of them are easy people. They're both kind of pains in the neck. Um, So Sakura, when you're introduced to Sakura, he's very very one note pretty much all the time. He's pretty much like, you know, my facial expressions don't change that much. Um, Yeah, I can say sexual things to people without really raising my voice or changing my inflection at all. Um, You know, I have a little sister and that's that's about what I do. I go to school and that's it. Like he's just very much doesn't change a whole lot. And then he meets Mai, who is very, you know, has this really, really uh, standoffish personality is very much like, um, you know, stay away from me. But wait, come back. I want to I want to talk to you. But like, oh, no, but you don't get to talk to me. But like, hey, wait, where are you going? Um, very much like a push and pull dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, and she's, not, she's not quite a tsundere where it's like, I hate you, Baka, like a Helga Pataki type in Hey Arnold. She, right. She's just more like a, a, I don't know, hard ass. She's kind of, she's kind of distant, but like that's their whole thing is that neither one of them, like they might both say effusive loving things to each other, but it's not delivered effusively. At one point she says to him um, later in the thing, she goes like, you know, I probably love you like way more than you think I do. And he's like, maybe but i love you way more than that she's like i don't think so and it's like that's really sweet it's like i don't know it's just a it's good it's not the hyper real it's not like the hyper realist um thing that you would normally see in anime of just like right and there are a couple moments so far in which it does get the stakes rise really really quickly and it gets very very dramatic um and that makes those moments hit so much harder. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, ba, 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 ba. Senpai. So, <laughs> Pax, what are some of your favorite lines from this show? Yeah, there's just like a lot of like little gems here. And and what's great too is that this show, I, I'm still on the fence with with some aspects of it because it plays with these tropes. It plays with the idea of being a, a, a harem anime. But it doesn't quite um, 
it's not as as perverted as all that. And yet the main character is here's the thing. He's pretty like sexual and he says sexual things to be outrageous, but he doesn't really seem perverted or like thirsting or, or like wanting to go for things. But he will say things like at one point when Bunny Girl like goes to check to see if when Mai goes to see if she could like hold on to Sakura, she holds on to his arm and he he goes, um, she goes, okay, uh, don't get too excited. I'm sure you're having lewd thoughts right now. And he goes, Oh, my thoughts are a hundred times looter than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> and she she slaps him. But the thing is, like, but he's a pain probably, pig. He's a little pain pig. He's a pain pig. He's a pain pig. <laughs> um, and it's not like she's a dominant. Like nothing is 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 too far. Nothing nothing seems like that's that's further than would exist in real life. Right. But there are just freaking great things where he'll just go like. Yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic that you're stomping on me right now. And he doesn't scream it, but he just lets her know. He's like, I love this. I can't get enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's just some great standouts. You got any standout lines here? Uh, no, no, that's that's about what it is. There I mean, there are a lot of really great lines about um like for example, it's very Have you ever seen the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, yeah. This show is very reminiscent of that film. Um, but there are key differences here. Um, in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, it is a film starring Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Um, if I remember correctly, it's one of my favorite films. And there is this idea where this company has created this, this method for eliminating memories, uh, from your mind. They, mm, if you yeah. have like a bad breakup or you have a death in the family or, you know, a pain you, you don't want to hold on to, they offer to just, clean it out of your head and it is this idea of yes it hurts and no you don't necessarily want these memories because it's kind of like having a dagger uh in your gut and every so often when you remember these things it twists a little bit but in the context of the main character of jim carrying kate winslet removing it is way more tragic than than having that pain because it means like it never happened at all um and so in the context of eternal sunshine they are choosing to forget and that is the tragedy however in in the context of rascal um people don't have a choice they they are going to forget that is the whole conceit of the show where my for the first three episodes um sakura is trying to figure out okay more and more people are forgetting about my he's forgetting and i think it's because for some reason when they fall asleep when they're choosing to ignore her like that. They literally forget that she exists. Um, and so I can't fall asleep. I can't fall asleep. I have to keep, I have to write down this yeah. journal and write down all the events that have happened. And then he falls asleep because she, she's like, I notice you're not sleeping. You look horrible. You look exhausted. Stop doing this for me. You don't have to do this. And so she, you know, drops a little pill in his drink while he's trying to stay awake, which is problematic. But, but, um, Cancel Bunny Girl Senpai. Yeah, cancel Bunny Girl Senpai. Hold Bunny um, Girl Senpai accountable. <laughs> <laughs> so so she's like, it's okay, you need to sleep. I'll be okay, I was alone to begin with. And he's yeah. like, no, no, no. And he falls asleep, and then he wakes up, and he doesn't remember her at all. And that is the tragedy. Um, it is it is that being forced to forget whether you want to or not. And, you know, eventually, don't worry, he remembers in the end. But, but like, yeah. there is... That is the main difference: choosing to forget versus not having a choice at all. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And what I love about this too is that um, you're right. This is like a, a three episode arc with Bunny Girl Senpai with my initially, um, and I, this is a not uncommon trope in anime, or at least a topic dealing with forgetting somebody that you're in love with. Um, it's kind of a topic of Steinsgate, of Erased, of Your Name, which is one of the most popular like anime movies. It's non-Ghibli. And so I was really grateful that they didn't just try to redo it for you know 13 episodes that as the series continues it deals with like okay well here's different adolescent syndromes here's different ways it's manifesting um and i really appreciated that uh the the one thing that i do kind of i'm still on the fence on is that like even though he never like has feelings for any other girls it is still kind of a horror anime that like most of the characters who are dealing with adolescent syndrome maybe even all of them like are girls or like are new cute girls mm-hmm. and it's something where it's like, okay, if it's going to get eyes on this to 
kind of show some of this like serious good writing. That's great. But I'm also, you know, I I feel like maybe it's like the middle step. Like in the Ask Protaku's episode when you were saying like, you know, are there anime with like great gender politics? And the answer is like, yeah, not a lot. Not really. this is, I think, this. I think this is a middle step. I wouldn't even call it like problematic. It's just more like I think it could. I think it could try some different stuff. You know what I mean? Um, it is kind of a middle step in that. Just like, I really would have liked to see another guy have to deal with the adolescent syndrome, or at least, yeah, or at least, at the very least, not have adolescent syndrome be resolved or the catalyst. Or, or, or I'm sorry, not have a guy be the solution or the catalyst for these girls' adolescent syndrome. Exactly, exactly. That's and you know I, I'll say I'll say I don't think it's like the most. I don't think it's harmful. I don't think it's poorly done. I think it's about as good as you can play the trope, but it's definitely still there. That's right. true. Yeah, and, and it's odd to me that when we're talking about like harem animes and some of the the points there, it's interesting that when my First realize, okay, people can't see me. They don't notice mm. me. I don't, I, I basically don't exist. How do I get people to notice me? What was her first instinct? It was to put on a, um, a bunny girl costume and just walk around and see like, hey, notice me, notice me, senpai. Um, I, I just think it's interesting that that was her first instinct. I know what I'll do. I'll dress up as a Playboy bunny. That'll turn people's heads. I, I like why, why, why was that her first instinct? Yeah, I think that there's like a, a kind of bigger like artistic intent behind it when it comes to like the 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 author and the the creators what they're trying to say commenting on the tropes. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. Do you think it's it's do you think it's problematic? <laughs> you think it has issues? What do you think? I don't know because it only happens once. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It only and, happens once. And, and they call her Bunny Girl Senpai in the future because she has a phone with like a little bunny case on it. And right, and she they, has a bunny little hairband. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than that, the trope doesn't really... Like when I was researching this, I was expecting it to have more relevancy uh, within the show. It's supposed to have more relevance. Excuse me. Um, and it just... I, I don't really know how it fits in the context of harem anime, uh, of being forgotten, of being invisible. Um, and in this particular instance, in the context of being a young girl, um, I'm trying to figure out why, why is it... What were they trying to say when they made the only way that she was going to be noticed was to sexualize herself? What were the writers trying to say with that, do you think? Oh, okay. I think that, that, I think that that's a good point. I, I, I think that... It makes Just, sense that as a, a young woman, especially working in the acting field, having your body constantly commoditized, that your initial impulse would probably not be to, um, you know, say, go through the streets with a, a, a pan and a, a, a mallet, like making a big sound. It would not be to do some uh, gigantic thing that takes up a lot of space, demanding to be noticed. It would be the thing that attracts eyes to you ever since you are an adolescent and having to deal with the leering glances of old men uh, kind of disrespecting your space, looking at you hungrily from a young age. I think that that's kind of the, the thing that's bred into, into young women, unfortunately, is the sense that like, okay, well, my body is a commodity and a target from a very young age. And so it totally makes sense to me that like she would feel, well, what is going to get eyes back on me, you know? Especially working in the acting industry where it's just a bunch of vampires in there. You know what I mean? Oof. Yeah. Rough. Rough. <laughs> rough, 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 rough. So uh, that said, I think that there's some like broader stuff we, we, we can talk about as, as we round this out. Um, you, uh, you get to take a, a, a quick break, come back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, based. everyone welcome back to rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai here at brotaku's anime club take your seats everyone uh, is everyone comfortable okay good so i wanted to just discuss when when i talked earlier about you know what does it mean to be invisible 
in the stage of nonstop access. I was kind of thinking about it in the context of my my own experiences um, growing up as an adolescent and and my I guess I could say my experience with adolescent syndrome and Pax, I'm sure that you have one as well. And, and I feel as though a lot of our, a lot of our listeners, um, have experienced something similar. And so I just wanted to share something, um, about my own experience with adolescent syndrome and why this show sort of struck a chord with me, yeah, um, yeah. in that regard. So I grew up, um, in a small town named after a flower in Western New York. Um, my graduating class in high school was 89 kids strong. And I lived down the road from a dairy farm. That is how I grew up for the first like 16 years of my life. And not only that, but I wasn't even allowed a cell phone until I was 14 years old. And it was one of those cute little prepaid flip phones that, um, you know, I would, I would text someone. Someone would be like, Hey man, how are you? And I'd be like, yo dude, don't text me because uh, I'm about to run out of texts. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't only text me if it's an emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so like to say that my opportunities for social growth and access were few, that would be an understatement. Statement. And um, there were a lot of times in which I myself felt invisible, like I felt as though I didn't exist unless I was able to be in the outside world, unless I was able to get a Facebook profile. Um, if I wasn't able to get Instagram, if I wasn't able to get all these things, I, I did not exist um, outside of myself. And, and that was painful. That yeah. was painful at the age of like 14 thinking like, oh man, you know, all my other friends are, they're, they can talk to each other whenever they want. Man, they've got pictures of themselves online. Oh man, I wish I had that. Um, you know, it, it was suffocating. I, it kind of felt like I was sitting in a locked room with the lights off, mm. waiting for someone to open the door on the other side, you know? Um, but now, you know, we have, I have social media. I have my cell phone. I have lots of friends and I no longer live in that town and and so i have all these advantages and all that change and yet that feeling mm. still persists like i'm even i'm even in a relationship where tomorrow it will be our three-year anniversary congratulations man thank you i appreciate that and and you know my love for for this person has not diminished um and and I feel truly, but the truly blessed. It's only grown. It's only okay. grown. <laughs> uh, but but there have been days where, regardless of how much love you receive, I receive from the outside. Um, there are still days where I don't feel tangible. I don't feel visible. Um, and now, actually, it's overwhelming how much information you're able to receive. It, it's like you, I, you have to, I have to block it out. So now instead of sitting in like that locked room with like the lights off, now I've padlocked the door shut from my side, hopped mm. into bed and like put covers over my head because it's too much. Now I'm too visible. Well, um, so let, let me ask you what your, what your experience is in kind of threading the needle in feeling experience, f feeling the sensation of, of being invisible or, or, or undervalued or disconnected and how you how you kind of like square that with well this is a reaction to my own personal trauma um while also not underselling when people actually are undervaluing you i'm i'm curious like how you deal with that because you know that's that's like an internal balance of acknowledging what part of this is me what part of this is like no i actually do need to stand up for me what well that's the thing um i think what really struck a chord with me with this show is that it so much of Mai's trauma specifically mm. was her being hot, uh, continuously accessed. It, it was her being unable to block out, to block people from her life in order to right. like get the hands off of her. Um, so as a result, she hid away. Um, and so like she had this, this balance of, yeah, I have all of these people who constantly want access to me, but I have these own internal struggles of, you know, I feel like I am unable to connect with people. I, I do not have a lot of, I don't have any friends. Um, even now that I am not constantly, um, reachable for outside forces. Now I don't have any friends and I, and I don't know how to make them. Um, for me, it kind of came in this idea of like, I did not have self-worth unless others were giving it to me. Mm. Um, 
It's relatable for a lot of people in the field, dude. Yeah, which is kind of why, like, looking back, I was like, oh, why did I want to become an actor? Um, originally, it wasn't because I loved the art form. It wasn't because I was, like, this huge theater junkie. It was because it was something that gave me attention, and it was something yeah. that I was able to do um, and enjoy and, and get eyes on me because otherwise I, I could not find that worth inside of myself. Um, I needed it from other people, which is why when I stopped getting it or in moments of, you know, moments where we aren't working, which, which happen a lot, it's, you are not working more often than not. It's just part of the, it's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, like the last year was hard in the times that I was not working because, you know, I'm 23 years old and I still deal with that idea of, you know, I, I'm learning to find self-worth. I'm learning to look inside myself and exist when people's eyes are not on me. Mm. Um, and in regards to standing up for myself, yeah, there have been moments where, you know, people tell you that you, you are not worthwhile or, or, or at least in the context of myself, I should say, people have told me that I am not worthwhile, that I should um, be less visible other times. Mm. People have told me that I need to calm down, that I need to s not think so highly of myself, which is which interesting. Is, and it's, it's, it's a weird thing. To, yeah, I, I, I agree. Cause I mean, we went to the, the same school. We know kind of like what the dynamics were. And, um, I used to be so self-conscious when I was young because I'm like a, I'm a big, tall, booming guy with a kind of animated personality, but I was constantly told like that, you know, I was speaking too loudly or taking up too much space. And I got like so self-conscious about that. And I think that same kind of like self-consciousness and vulnerability extended to when we were kind of like, you know, learning our craft and uh, learning our craft <laughs> when we were, you know, in school for theater where like you you become a victim of your success almost because like Hal was um, in in so much and, and did so well. And when people started to resent you for it or, or place their insecurities and like conjure up um, how you must feel about yourself, you know, is like, you know, what they imagine for you rather than how you really feel like. I definitely felt that too when people were like, oh, am, am I so confident, think I'm so great? It's like I, I literally feel like, you know, it's a, a wounded child inside of me the entire time, you know, like an ant. And so when people start saying that, it's weird, dude. It's weird. It is odd. And it kind of um, – one thing that's brought up in Rascal uh, is the, the concept of Schrodinger's cat. And I'll, I'll explain yeah. that for everybody. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Schrodinger's cat is this idea where like – you have a cat in a box, right? And so, like, there is, like, poison gas inside the box, and there's a live cat inside the box, and the poison gas has a probability of emitting, like, like death for the cat um, every, what was it, half hour? Once every half hour or hour? Once every hour. Yeah, there's a lot of permutations of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's this idea of if... If you do not look at the cat for like half an hour, there's like a 50-50 shot that the cat might be dead, the cat might be alive. But you don't know until you see the cat. You don't know until you observe it, until you look at it and understand yeah. it. And so it's this idea of the cat is neither dead or alive, and it is both dead and alive um, until you look at it. And I feel like a lot of people sort of feel that sort of like, am I alive? Am I dead? Do I exist? Do I not? Until someone confirms to them, oh, no, you are these things. Right. You know, like you have this this insecurity. I had this, I have this insecurity um, where I've had to decide like, no, I am worthwhile. I am alive. Um, I I do deserve to give myself this energy and this, this, um, this value, uh, even though nobody is telling me that I have these things. And, and I feel like that is in an age where we are constantly able to be accessed at any time and where an age where we can access other people at any time. Um, we pay attention to the people who are putting out their self-worth, who are constantly, um, saying, yeah. look at me, notice me, senpai, notice me, senpai. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I need this, I need this, I need this, and you will look. Um, it kind of makes it easy for us to think that we can't do, we can't have this value, that 
we we do need it from other people because that's what other people are saying. We need it. We need it. Give it to us. Um, so what does it feel like for you to have this kind of like this kind of like well of of insecurity, but also this like this this deeper like knowledge of like confidence and self love living in you together all the time? What is what is that experience like for you? How does it feel? Oh, it's not easy. It's not. It's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I, maybe you can, maybe you agree in that, you know, there, there are going to be days in which you feel as though like, okay, uh, I, I, I don't have this inside me today. I don't, I don't exist on the same level that I did yesterday. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And for me, it could be as simple as, you know, just like one look in the, uh, one look in the mirror where I feel confident. Where I'm like right. one look in the mirror with good lighting where that could set me on a better path for the rest of the day. But, you know, waking up and even having a dream, it just shows how detached from um, from our own minds we can be in that. Like w- w- what makes it so that some nights I have a a, a nightmare of like intense past trauma or, or of, of feeling that I'm, I'm very undervalued. And I, I wake up with, you know, a, a vice in my chest feeling that, you know, oh feeling like an ant all over again, you know, and, and, and carrying that throughout the day. And just like, I'm not responsible for that. I, I, I also, uh, you know, have no control over when someone shows me a, a bit of kindness throughout the day or, you know, compliments or just goodness that then sets me on the right path again. It, I very much feel out of control of a lot mm-hmm. of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, let me just, let me just say like my, my own experience really quick. Cause the thing that really got me is I got so fixated on the physical manifestation of the wounds that like his little sister was experiencing because when I was a young, when I was a, a young warthog, when I was a young homie, I lived in a place where my parents were, were, were both addicts. We, uh, we were very poor. It was like a very, if anyone's seen shameless, <laughs> it's, it's very much that family. But my father kind of being a, a violent addict was more like emotionally violent. And even though there were plenty of moments of physical abuse, I would have this reoccurring fantasy that one day he would go too far and like I would wind up with an arm cast and then I would be able to go to school with a cast or like a actual physical scar because why that was a fantasy for me was that it would be pain that somebody else could see. You know, it would be pain that somebody could look at me and immediately know, wow, something's wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, something that I couldn't hide and that there couldn't be shame in hiding. You know what I mean? Because when it's a, it's an emotional thing or if it's related to, to mental health or, or emotional trauma, it's almost something where when you come out with it, there's it, it can feel like you have no proof. You know, people need to take your word for it. But that 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 scar, dude, that 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 cast, the thing that people can come up and sign and, and will know immediately there's a physical indication of someone who needs some help or 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 what happened? How did you get that? Are you OK? Is there anything I could do? Um, I don't know. I fixated on that a lot, and it it made me think about just how freaking traumatic everything felt back then, and can sometimes feel now with the adolescent syndrome. And I don't know, dude. I I I think that one of the great things about growing older is you just become more and more aware of how adults are really just like kids in wrinkly in wrinkly skin. You know? Yeah. I hope that that could be a gateway to empathy. Well, I think that... I really do. First of all, I think that the fact that we we can probably agree that this show, that this show, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, um, is a good show. We can agree on the fact that it it is good, I believe, because we are thinking so much. It made us think so much yeah. about this this dynamic within ourselves and and who we are as people and... Um, and, and so bringing this all back to Rascal, um, or Bunny Girl Senpai, I'm going to call it Bunny Girl Senpai. Yeah, I, I mean, like we don't one. have to make everything about Rascal, dude. I think that this is like, I think this is valuable all in, in Well, well, what I wanted to say was, what is your Bunny Girl costume? My Bunny Girl costume? What is oh, it? Oh, that's such a, that's a tough one, dude. Um, so what I mean, every, and, for everyone no, 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 I know what you mean. Why I say it's tough is because to think about it is to expose yourself so deeply 
and right. to be so yeah right yeah. what i what i mean for for everyone listening is um when i say what is your bunny girl costume what i what I'm asking is, what is the thing that you turn to when you feel as though, oh, I am not being noticed. I am invisible today. What is the first behavior that you exhibit? Um, Do you internalize? Do you project outward? Um, That is something that I think is really, really important to consider. And you don't even have to answer it. But we all have one. We all have a bunny girl costume that we that we put on when we feel like we need to be seen. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's it's so harsh because the way way you're framing it or the way I'm, I'm interpreting it is it's uh, like living in a constant fear of it being perceived as a look at me, look at me thing, rather than a a constant um, or, or, or rather than just like a genuine, humanely relatable thing that everyone experiences. The idea that like you shouldn't be seen. Or that you shouldn't want to be seen or wants to be validated or heard is so endemic and the source of so much insecurity. Um, yeah, because I immediately know what my bunny girl costume is. Oh, yeah. We all have one. Yeah. I know what mine is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that I think we all know. Um, I could be totally wrong, but I feel as though if I were to take literally just like 10 minutes to sit down and be like... Like go through my closet and be like, all right, where's my bunny girl costume? Where, when do I put it on when I feel like most insecure? When do I do that? Um, and why do I do that? It's, it's pretty easy. And I guess what I really want to say, and you can, you can stop me on this one, but I, I want everyone listening. Um, sure. Put it the fuck away. Put away the bunny girl outfit. Put away the bunny girl outfit. Put away the bunny girl outfit. I don't think... If you are putting on the bunny girl outfit for, and I'm, I'm really dragging this metaphor. If you are putting it on because <laughs> you feel as though you need it to find worth, then, then that's, I think that could potentially be more damaging than helpful. If you're putting it on because you love it and it brings you joy, wear the fucking bunny girl outfit. Absolutely. Do what you need to do to make yourself happy. Um, but what about the middle ground too? Oh, because because what I think of with the, the bunny girl outfit is when I think about if I were to de um, kind of like deatomize this and to say what what makes a bunny girl outfit? I think that what's coming in my head is something where something that makes me feel confident or something I think I can do well or be valued for oh, rather than okay. something that would elicit attention from me. And maybe that's just a kind of disordered way to conceptualize it. But I think like. The thing of, well, what do I feel like I, I am good at or that people like about me? A thing that can kind of, you know, make me feel like I am not just this worthless piece of garbage that I can use and exhibit. But then when that thing is not validated or when that thing that I thought was valuable is not like needed or if I even feel like insecure about something. Like if I if I feel like I have a, a good joke to make or, or, or a good thing to say and I suddenly feel like, Oh man, was I talking too much? Was that secretly very dumb? Why did I even have the confidence in the first place to like put myself out there? You know, why do I, why do I, why, why do I feel this insane, sick need to be loved or acknowledged? You right, know right, what right. I mean? It's like, cause even describing it like that, it can be sick. So I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't know what, what my bunny girl like message should be. Okay. You know, and it's totally okay for us to, to disagree a little bit on, on what, our bunny girl message should be. Um, or just I have think, different conceptions of what it means, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And and for everyone that is taking this journey with us, I don't know, think about it. Consider, what is my bunny girl outfit and do I want to put it on? Is that something that I need to have on? Is it something that I want to have on? If it is, do it. Uh, if it's not, <laughs> maybe put it in the closet for a little bit. And, a healthy and, relationship and, with your bunny girl outfit. Have yeah. a healthy relationship with your bunny girl senpai. Um, I can't, dude, I, I can't believe that we're we're talking so lovingly and delicately using the bunny girl outfit as a metaphor here. Because it's it's a weird thing but I, I think it just goes to show how relatable and well-written the show actually is and how it just strikes me as as very very freaking mature because so 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 do, do you feel i don't know would you say that rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai and other songs by fallout boy um <laughs> do you think that this is a show that we would recommend to people 
Yeah, it's and and I, I would honestly have very few reservations. Um, I because even the, the the gender politics are are better than average, you know. But right. it's just something where it's it's very universal and it's very sweet and and there are just really funny moments where. Um, like like uh, when Mai feels like she wants um, uh, Sakura to, to stay over while she's taking a shower just because she feels vulnerable. And, you know, being being a girl is already scary enough when it comes to, like, being afraid of, of predators, but also then, like, being in the bathroom. It's like half of our, like, Western horror canon is women being killed in the bathroom, right. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so she asks if he could, like, stay over. And they diffuse the situation with humor where she is taking a bath and he's sitting outside. And she goes, I hope you're not getting off on this, Sakura. And he goes, my, you have no idea. Just the sound of this alone could fill me up three times over. <laughs> and and my response is, dude, you have a terrible personality. <laughs> and it's just something where it's like, it 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 really detaches from the kind of like hentai aesthetic of like uh, the the perverted aesthetic of of anime. And in that, even when it deals with sexuality, it's just in kind of like a real relatable way. So yeah, because there's no real intent behind it. The intent yeah. is not to actually pursue. It is to simply poke. It is to like poke and, and little ja- do little jabs Absolutely. at each other. It's, it's more of a boxing match than it is an actual like love fest, you know, or, yeah. or, or, or uh, like, like a predatory chase. It's, it's a boxing match. Exactly. It's like two smart people who are, who are finding ways. I don't know, it, but it's great and i um, i honestly wish that just more shows with this well written and so if you are looking for something that's like a, a slice of life but that's also just very funny and empathetic and like hopefully will let you heal a little bit as a teenager because when you see when you see a child suffering that could be a, a huge path to healing because the amount of like love and forgiveness and sense that like you have no control over like this trauma is so evident when you look at a kid and we don't afford ourselves the same the same feeling at all right you know like even as adults it's like you're 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 more encouraged than ever to find reasons why this is your fault or Mm -hmm. you should be over this by now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so (sighs) let bunny girl senpai heal you look at look at this heal your own adolescent syndrome hopefully you know right and and if you don't if you feel like you can't um you can't be your own bunny girl senpai if you feel like you are not your own bunny girl senpai (laughs) Allow us to be your bunny girl senpais. Um, <laughs> Let us be your senpais. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helen Pax, we're going to be taking pictures of um, ourselves and our um, bunny girl outfits soon, and we'll be uh, posting those as soon as possible. So please be on the lookout for that. And yeah, to, the, um, to the to the Patreon and OnlyFans fifty dollars tiers, check. That, yes, <laughs> check that yes. Out. But um, yeah. Seriously, as always, to everybody out there, like um. If there's some story you want to share about your own adolescent syndrome, hit us up on like Facebook if you're you're brave, or you know just email us. I love the conversations we have with listeners, and like um, oh, I th- I think that this is something where it lets us put down our guards and, and come together. So I can't believe I can't believe I'm recommending Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl sent by. I can't believe that I talked about my childhood trauma related to Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl sent by. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's why we pursue the craft. That's why we love the art form. Indeed, indeed. So everyone, thank you all so much for listening today. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or review us on your favorite podcasting app. It really does make a difference. And every review counts. Every review counts. I will just say it again. Every don't forget to rate us every review rate us counts. rate us rate us rate us what would you rate us you're the best you're the best what should we review next hit the like if you like <laughs> so uh if you do that if you do that and only if you do that we will make sure to give you a shout out on the air to show our appreciation <laughs> all right everybody i'm hal i'm pax and, and we're the, the bro tacos <laughs> we'll see you next time <laughs> see you next time y'all bye